You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life Pullman Campus, reaching the world for Jesus one person at a time. Does anyone else out there have a, like, a hard rule that you're not allowed to start setting up for Christmas until after Thanksgiving? That, is that just my family? Um, we, we had that rule uh, mainly because my dad. My dad didn't want to, you know, over, overlook Thanksgiving and all that other stuff. My mom, on the other hand, she would have gladly uh, tore down all our Christmas lights in June and then set them back up in July. She'd much rather have uh, 12 or 11 months of Christmas and one month without. Um, so that, that's the situation I was growing up. But my dad was, said, nope, nope, we're not doing that. And then you get all into the Christmas time. But there is something special about Christmas, I think. Um, and I've noticed it over the years. Um, whether you're a Christian or not. There, there's just some, something about the time and the, and the place that what's going on is special. And, and I think what I've figured it out is that for once in our lives, uh, once in our years, we start to recognize that it's not all about us. Uh, throughout our lives, we, we start to get focused on our jobs or things, and we have problems that come our way that tends to tell, help us get into a self-centered mindset. Um, but Christmas time every time, every year, maybe you're better than me um, and you do this throughout the year, but I know that I need the Christmas time to remember that it's not all about me. And the, the best part is that it's not just even Christians. It's, it's people all over the place um, that whether or not they believe in Jesus, they, they understand that right now, this time, it's not about me. It, it's about the people around me. And, and we as Christians, we take it a step farther and recognize that it's, it's about God. Uh, it's about the birth of Jesus. And so... Uh, that's what I think makes this just such a special time of year is, is where we recognize that it's not all about us. Um, so we're going we're gonna to kick off this new series on Advent. Um, and uh, I grew up in the church. I'm a, I'm a PK, which means I'm a pastor's kid. Um, and so I, I grew up going to all the Christmas programs and pageants and singing in the children's choir and stuff. I had those little angel wings and little halo on my head. One year, oh, I don't even want to share it. But one year, um, they made me dress up as, as still an angel, but a cowboy angel. And I had to sing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star in a country accent. It was shortly then after I developed something called shame. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I've grown up doing this stuff, and we've done the Advent year after year, um, and yet I still, to be honest with you, didn't know what the word meant. I never bothered to find out what the word Advent meant. Uh, and then they asked me, hey, you want to lead off our series on Advent? And I thought, well, I'm, I should probably figure out what the word means. Um, <laughs> that's probably a good idea. Uh, so I looked it up on, on Google, because that's where you go. Um, and uh, the, the word Advent means the arrival of a notable person, place, or thing. Or no, a notable thing or event. Um, and so... We, we use it to celebrate Christmas because who's coming? Jesus, that's right. We're, 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 settle, we're getting ourselves set up for the coming and birth of Jesus. And so that's what this whole Advent series is all about. It's getting us prepared for the coming of Jesus. And, and he's the notable person we're waiting for. Um, and this year, uh, Aaron had a great idea to help us visualize this and symbolize what it is to get prepared to be in the presence of, of God. And, and in Jesus' time, 
um, you would go to the temple to get to be in the presence of God. That's where he resided. Um, and so there was a series uh, of steps that you had to go through to get to the Holy of Holies where God resided, uh, and you had to go through the path uh, so that you were prepared to be in his presence. Uh, and so we as a church are going to be going through that over the next few weeks to prepare us for the coming of Jesus. And so this is the temple. I know, it doesn't look like much, but I promise in real life it's, it's much bigger and better. Um, but here we have a two-dimensional two model just so that we can see what we're doing. So the first thing that we're going to go through is the temple steps, uh, all right? And so this is where the teaching is done. This is where your hope and the prophecy is found. This is where you hear everything you need to hear, right? And then we get up to the altar of confession, and you confess things there. I mean, that's kind of what it's there for. Um, and then the porch of repentance. See where I'm going? All right, so, and then that's where you would repent things, and then you get to the Holy of Holies, which is the final place, and where God resides. But you have to go through this series to get your heart, mind, and soul ready for what you're going to be experiencing. And I think some of the times we, we take for granted the fact that we can just go before God. Um, and, and, and the Jews had a, an understanding that it took more than that. We, had, we have to do more. We want to prepare ourselves for this. And so that's why they would go through this step by step. Um, and and, and that, that way, they were ready. When they, they came before God and were in his presence, they were ready uh, to experience him. Uh, and so we as a church are going to be doing this spiritually in our lives uh, as we get ready for the birth of Jesus. So that this can just not be another same old Christmas that we're used to. This can be a, an even more impactful spiritual Christmas. Um, so if you're with us, if you're joining with us, that's what we're going to be doing. Uh, we're going to be going on this journey together to prepare for the coming of Jesus. Um, he's already come, just so you know. Uh, that's a, that, that already happened. Um, but we're just going to celebrate it uh, this year as we do every year. Um, there are two things that I think are important for a journey. Uh, there's a lot of things important for a journey, but there's two things that I want to highlight today. Um, one of those things is you need preparation. Uh, preparation is, is important, right? You have to prepare yourself for any other journey, right? How do we do that? We, well, we pack, right? We pack our stuff. We, we get what we think we need, um, whatever that may be, and, and we take it along with us on our journey. We prepare ourselves. And some of, some of the times it means training. Physically, we have, to we have to physically prepare for a journey. Whatever that may be. But we have to have preparation. Uh, and without it, we will be miserable. There are countless times where I signed up for things that physically that I was supposed to go on a journey with. And I wasn't prepared. And I was miserable. Um, and there, there happens to be uh, one time. I'm, I tend to be a forgetful person. Um, and uh, people, my, my mom always tells me, you're going to need a wife so that she can remember stuff for you, and <laughs> shameless plug there. Um, but uh, <laughs> if anyone, never mind. Um, but uh, I, f I forget things, uh, and I've gotten better over the years. I remember things more and more and more um, because I've forgotten things, and I tell you, I, I'm, I'm good at learning from my mistakes, so if I forget something, I remember, okay, don't forget that this time, <laughs> and then I forget something else. Um, eventually, I'll have it all down, maybe. Um, but there was one year, I, I, was a, I had just become a youth pastor of my church, and I was going through our junior high winter camp. Um, and it took on a whole new realm of things that I had to remember. Because not only did I have to remember all of my stuff, I had to remember 
all of this stuff for the camp. I had to remember the games. I had to remember the food. I had to remember, you know, the kids. I forgot a kid one time. That was bad. Um, <laughs> I'm a good youth pastor, I promise. Um, but, uh, yeah, I forget stuff. And, and this year, I had remembered everything. Every last detail of the camp, everything was going great. We had all the equipment. We had all the food. Everything was good. All the kids were even there. It was great. But I forgot underwear. Um, and I didn't realize until that night. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> this is not good. Fortunately, I had one. I had a pair on. Um, so that was good. But that... Uh, I, you know, it's a long weekend, um, and I, I realize I'm going to have to wear the same pair of underwear the whole weekend, uh, and there's nothing, I'll tell you, there's nothing that makes a shower feel useless <laughs> than to put on the same sweaty pair of underwear that you, you took off before you got in. Um, it was gross, um, but at the end of the, the camp, so I, I, I made it through, God, God graced me with that. Um, I made it through the camp, and we got to the last day, and I'm still, man, I'm dying in this, this underwear, and <laughs> I'm just like, man, this is embarrassing. Um, and so we, we got to this camp, and we, we were going to go sledding, and so we went to a town, um, and there happens to be a gas station in the town, and I go look in the gas station, and um, <laughs> I was like, man, I really hope they have a pair of underwear somewhere, uh, and they did. They had one pair of underwear for sale, uh, and I was so stoked that at least for the ride home, I could have a nice clean pair of underwear, so I bought this little number. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, they're, they're nice, aren't they? Long johns. Um, but these were the greatest things that I had seen at that moment. I was like, thank you, God. Oh, I have underwear. Um, yeah, I just showed off my underwear in front of church on my first sermon. There you go. Um, <laughs> preparation is important. And without it, you're miserable. Um, and the same thing goes spiritually. If we're not spiritually prepared to be in the presence of God, we're going to be miserable. Uh, we, we need to prepare ourselves, all right? So this is the journey, and that's the job, all right? As we go through this each week, I want you to start preparing yourself. We're going to do it together, but if you want to have an even better experience, start working on it on your own. You know, whatever it takes for you to get spiritually prepared, let's do it, all right? That, that's what this time's all about. We're getting ready for the presence of God. We're going through this, all right? Step by step, going to the presence of God. So let's start getting prepared and not forget our underwear. Um, there's another thing that you need, so preparation is, is one. The second thing is a destination, right? Uh, we can't really have a journey if we don't have a destination. We need a place to go and fix our mind on so that when we know where we're going, right? Otherwise, we'd be lost, um, and we'd also be hopeless. And to explain that, I'll, I'll share another story. Uh, this one comes from the Bible. Um, a man named Zachariah and his wife, Elizabeth. Now, some of you guys probably all know who he is and what they're about, but Zechariah and Elizabeth, um, they were good people. They lived a righteous life. They followed God. They did what God told them to do, yet they had a flaw, uh, an issue, and it, it wasn't something that they could control. Uh, they were barren. They couldn't have any children, which at this time is an important thing. They they need to have kids, right? That, that's that's kind of like everyone feels like their duty. And especially Zachariah and Elizabeth. They felt welling up inside them this purpose in life to have a child. But yet, they had never had one. Uh, and, and they couldn't seem to have one. And even though they followed the law, they did everything they were supposed to do, 
they still couldn't have a kid. Um, and, and people were starting to murmur behind their backs, like, oh, man, they say they're righteous, but clearly there's something wrong, right? Because otherwise they wouldn't be barren. God would bless them with a kid if they really were as good as they say. We have this common tendency to start looking at our circumstances and, and, and to evaluate our spiritual life based on them. And so we go through something bad, and we go through a, an issue in life, and we automatically assume, okay, what am I doing wrong, right? I don't know about you guys, I stub my toe in the morning. I'm like, God, what did I do to deserve this, you know? Like it's something, and we, we take it, as, oh man, when you're in a hurry and you get stopped by a red light, you know, like, God, why? Because the whole world revolves around me. Um, but this is something that uh, God has been working on in my life to help me recognize that our circumstances don't necessarily show um, our spiritual life. Our responses to circumstances show our spiritual life. So where you are with God and, and how connected you are will show up in how you respond to those circumstances. Do you, do you immediately start cursing everyone around you when bad things happen? Do you immediately pass the blame onto someone else? Do you, how you react to those things show who you are and your relationship to God uh, based on how you act um, and how you react to your circumstances. So um, Zechariah, even though he's barren, even though he can't have a kid, even though he feels inside, God, this is something I was made for, and yet... I can't have a kid. Like, what's going on? He doesn't turn away from God. Just like Job. Remember, we, we just studied through that. He doesn't curse God and die like people told him to do. No, he continues to praise God. And that's, that's what our, our job is, too, is, is when we get into our circumstances, we should react like that. Um, so Zechariah, he's still praising God, still doing what God wants him to do. And it came a time where he, his lot was cast, which means basically his, his name was pulled out of a hat. And it was his job for this year to offer the incense offering. Um, so that means he had to go into town and go into the temple and, and give the offering. Uh, and like I said, it was pretty easy for him to just be like, whatever, God doesn't deserve praise because I don't have a kid. But that's not what Zechariah does. He says, I will do my duty. And so he goes in and, and he walks into town with everyone around and he goes into the temple and he, he offers the incense offering. And as he's praying to God, an angel appears, right? Because that always happens, right? Whenever we pray, angels come up. Now, it, didn't, it happened then though and it freaked him out because that doesn't always happen. And so he's scared. He's like, whoa, uh, what is going on? And this, this angel is here now. Um, and the angel has a message for Zechariah. He's hearing his prayers, and he wants to share with him something. So we're going to read through that together. It's in Luke chapter 1, verse 13. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Even before he is born, he will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous. To make ready a, a people prepared for the Lord, Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. See how he changed it there? He didn't call her an old woman. Smart. All right, <laughs> somehow she was going to find out. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. 
I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. So how good is our God, right? Angel appears before him, tell, he's, tell him he's going to have a kid. And Zachariah's like, I don't know. I need a sign. And God gives him a sign. Like, how awesome is that? Probably not the one he's looking for, but he gave him a sign. You're not going to be able to talk anymore. And can you believe it? Zachariah doesn't even say thank you. Oh, that's right. <laughs> he couldn't. Um, so Zechariah is now mute uh, because he asked for a sign. Let that be a lesson. Be careful when you ask for signs because God may give it to you and you may not like it. Um, but he doubts for a bit, but he still had hope. And, and we know this, why? Because when he was there and the angel appeared before him, the angel says what to him? He says, I heard your prayer. God has heard you. And so Zachariah is still praying for a kid. He may be doubting it because he's old and his wife is well along in years, you know, politically correct. Um, but he's still doubting it, but he still believed that it was possible and he was still hoping it to be possible. And why? Because he had a destination in mind. He had a destination that he was supposed to have a kid. That was something on his mind since he was probably young. And he knew this is, my, this is one of my purposes in life. And he hung on to that. And you see, if he doesn't have that destination, then he'd give up hope. And he'd just let it go a long time ago. But he didn't. Why? Because he, he still had it in mind. And you see, that's why it's important for us to have a destination. If we don't have a destination, we got nowhere to go. And anytime we hit an obstacle or a trial, we give up. Why are we going to push through when we have nowhere to be? No, we need a destination. And our destination in this case is the presence of God, um, and we're going to get back to that. Another thing that I think is unique and special um, is that this whole barrenness period in their life, I think, was important. I think it was necessary. Um, this John, his name is John the Baptist, right? And he, he paves the way for Jesus. And, and so he, he's a unique kid, um, <laughs> and it takes a special set of parents to be able to raise a kid like John, um, and, and the unique thing about John is that his purpose right from the very start was to serve God. Um, as soon as he was able, he, he jetted out to the desert, started eating locusts, wore some weird clothes, probably smelled bad. You know, like that, that was John, and it takes a special set of parents that's ready for that kind of kid. And what better parents than ones that really truly recognize that their child is a blessing from God. That they, they, did, they didn't earn them. They didn't deserve them. It wasn't something that they could get out on their own. No. They were barren. They couldn't have a child, but God blessed them with a child. And, and, he, and he did it so, he used them so that they recognized that it wasn't their child, it was God's child. God had a purpose for John. Not them. It wasn't theirs. It wasn't, he wasn't theirs to hang on to and be selfish about. No, God, you can't have our kid. We'll raise them how we want. No, God has a specific purpose for John, and he has to bring them through this process of barrenness so that they can truly appreciate who John is and what God is doing through their son. Uh, and, and so I think that that's just a unique thing. And, and a lot of times we go through trials and tribulations and we, we question God, but he's always got a good reason. And, and, and part of that is, is the preparation for the son uh, that they were gonna have. So um, nine months go by, right? They have a son. 
they, they, she does get pregnant. Nine months go by, she has a son. Um, and Zechariah couldn't talk the whole time. People were beginning to murmur even more. Oh, he came out of the temple, he can't talk. Clearly he's done something wrong. Um, but they stick to it, right? And she, she's starting to have a kid, uh, and they decide, we got to name him something, what do we name him? And Elizabeth says, John, his name's going to be John. They're like, why John? Like nobody, it's not even a cool name. Like, I don't know, maybe it wasn't. But it, they, they didn't like the name, it didn't, wasn't a family name, so they're like, why John? And, and uh, Zechariah, they asked Zechariah, and Zechariah writes it down and says, his name is John. And right then, he is given the ability to speak again. Uh, he's honored God, he's done what he's done. He, even though God has now made him mute for nine months, he's still honoring God. And do you know what the first thing he says right as soon as he's able to talk? Praise be to God, the Lord of Israel. Praise be to God. Like, how great is that? After nine months, he's still like, the first thing I want to say, the first, the, the words that come out of my mouth isn't like, yes, I'm having a kid. No, it's praise be to God, the Lord of Israel. Uh, and then he continues on with a prophecy, and that's what we were reading in our bump video. You were reading that, and I'd like to continue it on in verse 76. It says this, and you, my child, he's speaking of John, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him and to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. Um, so John, as it turns out, becomes the preparation for Jesus, the destination. Um, and I'd like uh, for all of us to just come back to this, this mindset, all right? So this is now the temple steps, right? That, that's the part of the journey we're on. This is the first step in, in, steps, in, in our Advent series is to be on the temple steps. So imagine yourself, you're on the temple steps right now and you're hearing the teaching and this is the prophecy, right? This is the prophecy that we hear on the temple steps. That there is someone coming that's gonna bring light to the darkness. There is someone coming that's gonna be able to bring forgiveness to sins. There is someone coming that's gonna be able to bring you to the presence, of, well, not just bring you to the presence of God, he's gonna bring the presence of God to you. That's, that's someone's coming. And so now we know that's what our destination is. That's where we're headed. The, to the Jews, they would go to the Holy, the Holy of Holies, right? And that's where they could be in the presence of God. But for us, presence of God comes straight to us. Says, I'm not going to make you wait anymore, right? And, and so we, we shift. Instead of going through this journey, we're going to go through a spiritual journey together, right? We're not doing a physical one, we're doing a spiritual one. Well, we're preparing ourselves each week for Jesus to come. And I want us to recognize that this is not just something normal or natural or easy. No, this is something special, something supernatural that God did. That he came down so that he could save us from our sins. Like Jesus came for us. And, he, and the manner in which he came is awesome. We're going to learn about that. But this is what we need to be preparing ourselves for, right? We need to start preparing ourselves for that spiritually. And um, we do that together, sure. But I, I want you to start doing it on your own. Even if that means uh, you add to have, we just talked about worship. If you need more worship, if you need to add some more worship to your life, uh, you're not doing it once a day, do it once a day. Worships, listen to some worship songs in your, in your car, on your drives. Um, if you need to pray, then pray. Add some prayer to your life. If you haven't been praying every day, start praying and prepare your heart and mind for that. If you haven't 
uh, been reading your Bible, going into Scripture. If you need the Word of God, then add that. Let's begin to prepare ourselves for the way of Jesus so that this isn't just any old Christmas. This is the best Christmas we have ever had spiritually. All right? Um, Even if that means fasting. Fasting is something that we don't like to do, right? Because we have to give up something. But even if that is what helps you prepare, that's something that we need to be along. And, and, And the way that we get through this, the way that we get through this is we keep our eyes on what's happening. We keep our focus on what's coming, right? You're not going to be able to go through the trials that come up. You're not going to be able to go through this spiritual preparation without keeping your focus on Jesus. If you, if you lose sight of that, you're going to be like someone that is taking a journey and lost their destination. You'd be lost. You'd be hopeless. And the trials are coming, right? Whether or not we like it. The world's a tough place to live in. You're about to get together with all your families. Trials are coming. <laughs> you know it better than I do. We're going to face some stuff, whether or not we like it. But if we view this as a spiritual preparation, and all of this is to gear up to the fact that Jesus is coming. Not just the, not just the Jesus that saved you, right, from your problems. No, no, the Jesus that saved the world. And we start to prepare our hearts and minds for that, for his coming then I think that this Christmas will be better than any other Christmas and we'll be spiritually connected to God in a way that we've never been before. But it starts now. We can't, we can't be looking at it later on and think, I'll get to it. No, no, this is not a time for procrastination. This is a time for us to start our preparation. And, and we are going, the best part is, this is happening, right? We have, unfortunately, we have a deadline, right? December 21st, if you didn't know. Uh, that's, that's our deadline, or 25th. <laughs> um, that's our deadline. Christmas is coming early, guys. That's our deadline, right? December 25th, right? And that's where we're headed, right? And that's, that's when Jesus is, we're celebrating Christmas. So let's spiritually prepare. Let's keep our, our, our mind on the destination so that when the trials do come or, or the good times and, and, and we feel like being lazy, whatever the case may be, let's begin that preparation and keep our focus on the destination of Jesus uh, and getting to be in his presence. Um, we're going to take uh, communion um, right now, but uh, I'm going to pray, and and if you're uh, taking communion, please go ahead and get that ready. Uh, I'm going to pray, and then we'll go through our implications, okay? So dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for just this opportunity we get to come before you. I pray, Lord, that we never take it lightly, that to be in your presence is a special and wonderful thing, and, and I thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving us that opportunity, and I pray, Lord, that as we go through this series that um, we can spiritually prepare ourselves to, to recognize that this isn't just something we can just hop into. This is something that we, we need to devote our time to uh, because you are that special. Uh, so God, I pray that you bless uh, our weeks and our time together. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so um, we as a, a at, at here at Real Life, we have what's called an open table. So uh, yeah, communion, you guys can start passing it out. Um, if you believe in Jesus, please feel free to partake in the, the communion with us. But if you don't, then please be respectful and, and uh, you don't need to um, take this with us uh, and we, we won't judge anybody. Um, but just so you know, I, I think it's important that everyone knows this, you can declare Jesus as your Lord and Savior at any time. So if right now you want to take communion with us, you can. You just go before God and say, I need you. Um, you are my Savior. So if you want to do that, feel free to do so. Uh, we're passing out the communion. And while we're doing that, I'd like to go through our implications. Um, so our first one is this. Our spiritual life is not determined by our circumstances, but it can be determined by our response to circumstances. And it's just like Zechariah, right? We went through this a little bit. Zechariah, his circumstances was that he was barren. 
And a lot of us could say, oh, well, then God's judged me and I'm not good. And a lot of us do the same thing. I know that you do because I do, and, and we're all in the same boat, right? We sit and look at our circumstances and say, God, obviously I'm doing something wrong, but that's, that's not always the case. Sometimes we're doing great things and we're really connected with God, and he's still putting us through trials, and that's, that's okay. What we have to recognize is that our spiritual life and our connection with him is more determined by our, our response to those circumstances. So how we react to things that are going on in our life. If, if you're going through something tough and you're cursing everybody away and you're just saying, like, yeah, you may have a problem with your spiritual life, but that, that is where we, we determine it, okay? So whatever is going on, whether it be good or bad, your response to your circumstances, that's how you can determine your spiritual life, all right? The second thing is, Spiritual preparation is necessary, right? Never forget your underwear, right? That, that's what we've learned today. Spiritual preparation is necessary. Otherwise, you will be miserable. And just like a normal journey, you need to be prepared. Uh, Jesus is coming. That's going to happen. Um, and we're in his presence, and we're going to be in his presence. So we need to be spiritually prepared. Uh, and so starting to do that process now is, is great. Um, don't take your time. Get to it. Right? Spiritual preparation is necessary, and our hope is found in our destination. Our destination is Jesus. Um, I think a lot of us tend to forget this mindset. That, you know, um, We think of Jesus as a great thing, and we focus on him because we want to try to be better. But I want you to understand that Jesus is, is like where it's at. Right? Like that's where our hope is found. So when you're going through hard times and, and we say, turn and focus on Jesus, it's not like, oh, hey, be a better person. No, no, it's, it's like, look at Jesus. He loves you. I love that song, Reckless Love. Like, there's nothing he won't do to chase you down. Like, he's going to do everything he can. That's, who, that's the Jesus we serve, and that's where your hope is found. He is the destination. He is where we're going. The spiritual journey we are on, going through the next few weeks of Advent, Jesus is the destination. He is where our hope is found, and don't lose sight of that. Don't let go of that. When you're facing those trials, don't take your eyes off Jesus. That's how you get through it. That's what hangs on to your hope. All right? This is the, the body, uh, which, or this, this is the bread, which represents Jesus' body. Please take and eat, everyone. And this is uh, the cup, which represents Jesus' blood, which he shed for us. Let's take and drink. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life on the Palouse. You can find out more about us by visiting us online at liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Also, if you enjoyed this message, make sure you check out the new podcast from our lead pastor, Aaron Couch, called A Better Conversation. Search for it on our website, iTunes, and the Google Play Store.